you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life, we understand how it is. Lawrence goes downfield, and the catch is made. Tua goes deep for Waddle, got it in stride. Touchdown, Alabama. Pat's interference. Jalen Hurts solidified himself. He will go down as probably one of my favorite players of all time. There are two kings of college football, but one of them's wearing the crown. Alabama's offensive coordinator position has become just like the defense against the dark arts position at Hogwarts. Don't you find it kind of shocking we haven't been taken off iTunes yet? Hey everyone, Christian Miller here, former Alabama linebacker number 47, and you're listening to Pat's Interference. What is good, everybody? Hope you're enjoying the college football season so far. It's just humming along like a like a kazoo. We're on to week four of college football, and this is episode six, year five of Pat's Interference, your favorite football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick Brickman, joined by the uh, greater host of the two, Patrick Norwood. How are you doing today? Oh, you stop it, you. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It'd be a lot better if I knew what was wrong with my car, which uh, as of about an hour, we were supposed to be done recording this episode, and my car decided to not start. I have no idea what's wrong with it, but I did just put four new tires on it last week, so hopefully nothing too bad. Uh, so tune in next week to Pat's Interference. That's all for us this week. Uh, <laughs> and you can find out whether or not my car works. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had a great week. Buddy, I got to see you this weekend. From you a, did. From afar. I saw your very uh, a blip. I saw your little blip. Yeah, yeah. No, so Brick and I were both at the Alabama-South Carolina game. He was covering it. I was there as a proud alumnus. Alum, alumni? Alumni. Uh, alumni, yeah. No, alumnus. alumnus is Isn't alumnus plural? I thought alumni is plural. I Maybe have it's no a, idea. Well, whatever. It's That's our what podcast. we get going to Alabama. I'm yeah, sure they would teach us this at another <laughs> school. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening, everyone. Um, this is Pat's Interference. It's a college football podcast, your favorite college football podcast. We'll knock out the social stuff right away. You can find us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast, where we went a tiny bit viral this week. More on that later. Uh, you can go to Facebook. Uh, it's Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. Or you can go to our website at patsinterference.com. Also, feel free to email us at patsinterference at gmail.com. Uh, and leave us a like. Leave us a subscribe. Uh, leave us a couple, you know, five, four or five stars on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we always could use the feedback. Always. We love feedback. Did you get sunburned at that game on Saturday, by the way? I did pretty good. Jo- well, I was worried about you, but I did a pretty good job of uh, staying out of the sun, you know, up in the press box where the, where the, yeah. where the, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I was. insult me, right? Where, <laughs> where the non-idiots sit. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, no, I, I actually was okay. I got kind of tan, which was nice. I had some SPF 50, so I was doing all right. But it, it did get brutal there towards halftime, but then we had some nice cloud coverage. Um, while we're already talking about this game, we'll we'll get back to Clemson and Syracuse, but let's just go ahead and dive right into this one, shall let's we? Let's do it. Let's let's. We're talking last week, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, transitions are hard, so we'll just start with Alabama. Uh, Tua going for a career day, 444 yards, five touchdowns, Brick. Five touchdowns as Alabama rolls South Carolina 47-23. That game a little bit closer than uh, a lot of people thought it would be, but that's a hostile environment. Is that a good SEC road win for Alabama, or are you worried about Alabama because that game was so close at half? Um, I mean, it was a good SEC road win. I liked what I saw, obviously, in that second half. But this defense is, it's it, without a doubt, still kind of finding their footing and settling in. And 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 I guess we sort of ex- expected some growing pains you know with the Dylan Moses injury and whatnot but um 
you know, put me put me at about fifteen percent concerned, and if it continues, all that that number will continue to go up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I'd say the second half. I, I think this game was really good for Alabama. I think Alabama learned a lot. Saban talks about identity a lot, and I think uh, defense, especially. Uh, kind of figured out their identity a little bit more. Um, this defense is going to rely a lot this year, I think, on takeaways more than defenses in years past. And you and I have talked about it a little bit uh, just in phone calls here and there. But this is a very odd Alabama team that I think we're not accustomed to uh, to seeing, I should say, because the offense is having to bail the defense out, whereas usually it's the other way around, right? Yeah, it's, 20, it's very anti-Bama, very anti-Saban. 2016, we felt the exact same way just flipped. We thought, oh, well, the offense isn't going to go out there and score. Now, obviously, that was a true freshman at quarterback and all those things. But it was the defense is going to have to go and bail out the offense. And now now it's flipped. Uh, is this cause for concern for you? Or is this just something that Alabama fans and faithful kind of just need to start looking for and getting used to? The, the schedule sets up favorably. So, um, you know, of course... There's always cause for concern when your when your defense can't get off the field, but right. when I say can't get off the field, in reality they gave up. Hey, what's up? Uh, that that uh. That's that's our intern Skyler. Just uh, just letting me know. I knew that wasn't Bosco's bark. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah. So it's it's you know in reality the defense gave up 16 points. There was there was a little backdoor cover there by South Carolina that that made it 23. But yeah, yeah. In real in in all that. Ah. In reality, excuse me, it was it was 16 points. A stat that I didn't realize until after the game, Brick, uh, and we need to talk about Ryan Holinsky, had an awesome day. He did. Uh, all things considered. I did not realize he threw the ball 57 times in that game. Yep. And that's, 36 for 57 for 324 yards, two touchdowns. Did throw an interception, but it was kind of towards garbage time. Um, you know, they also ran the ball quite well. Uh, Dowdle, um, uh, Rico Dowdle had 12 carries for 102 yards, didn't have a touchdown, but, you know, they were throwing the ball, they were running the ball pretty well. Um, I, I think had South Carolina started Holinsky at the beginning of the season, they probably wouldn't have that loss on their record. Yeah, he's played a lot better than um, than Bentley was playing for sure before he went down. But one of the things Nick Saban was, was pretty concerned about was the fact that, you know, South Carolina ran 86 plays. That's Yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to see his team on the field that much, and, you know they've got Southern Miss this week. They've got a uh, they've got A and M coming up soon, and uh, Ole Miss I believe before that. So, like I was saying, the schedule sets up favorably. You know, it's yeah. not like they have LSU in in two weeks or something. Right. Um, I think they'll they'll hopefully be fine by October, at least uh, at least for that you know for that fan base because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They're not, they're gonna have trouble watching. Uh, you know. And then I'm envisioning an end of season scenario where where Tua is having to sort of carry this team, and Alabama is going to have to win some games, you know, forty five, thirty eight, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting season for Alabama. Let's move on. Uh, go back to the number one spot. Talk about Clemson over Syracuse. Uh, this game was only seventeen six at half, uh, but then Clemson kind of woke up and piled on. Uh, 24 more points, winning 41 to six. Uh, Brick Trevor Lawrence still not really looking like his normal uh, his normal self. He he did have three nine 395 yards, but he also threw two picks. He had three touchdowns, which is nice. Uh, but he's got five interceptions on the season now. 
Are Clemson fans getting a little worried, or do you think they should be worried about the play of Delta Chi Jesus to this point? <laughs> if they are getting worried, I, I would tell them to relax. As long as as long as Clemson doesn't have a ranked team left on the schedule, I I I don't I don't really think I'm concerned. I think they'll of course going to wake up for for the ACC championship in the playoff, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be just fine. You know how much I believe in him to yes yeah be that dude. He's... He's a he's a generational talent for sure. It's just we're hitting an era right now, especially this season in college football, where there's so many quote unquote generational talents. Um, Travis Etienne did leave with a concussion. All signs point towards the fact that he should play uh, next week or the week after. I haven't seen anything about him from practice this week. Uh, but you know, Clemson, like you said, they don't really play anybody of note this year that's going to give them trouble that they haven't already played. They went nope. ahead, they beat Texas A&M, they've beaten Syracuse, which a lot of people were pointing at because the last time Clemson was there, they lost. Uh, so this Clemson team, I'm not going to say they're going to coast because they've still got some good teams they have to play. But they you are know, going to Atlantic Coast. Georgia and LSU <laughs> also coasted. Georgia over Arkansas State, 55-0. LSU over Northwestern State, 65-14. Joe Burrow making a little bit of a Heisman push break as you cackle yourself away to these horrible jokes. The senior from Athens, Ohio, uh, this season has 1,122 yards. That is more than both Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tungavailoa. He has 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, Brick, are you buying or selling Joe Burrow being invited to New York City for the Heisman ceremony? Ooh, ooh, I don't know that he'll be invited because I don't know that he's gonna win the big one. Um, but I do love what he's doing. I do love what he's doing with this offense. Leads the nation in completion percentage, second in yards, second in touchdowns. He is uh he looks he looks like a different quarterback from last year. I'm not saying he was terrible last year, but he he looks. No, you're right. You're right. He, he wasn't terrible, but he looks way more comfortable. Uh, beginning of the season and even after uh, the first game, I was very skeptical of this new LSU offense and how Joe Burrow was going to handle it. And he's shut me up, man. 21 for 24 for 373 yards. Did throw a pick, but he also had two touchdowns. Um, you know, that's basically the same stat line as Trevor Lawrence with one less interception. Um, so, you know, I think I, 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 I would buy Joe Burrow getting invited to New York City this year. I, I really would. Um, I think that it, it's a quarterback's year, right? And if he's lead, if he continues to lead the nation in pass yards, they have to invite him, especially if they're inviting the likes of Tua and Jalen and maybe even Trevor Lawrence if he turns it around uh, between now and then. So, you know, there, there's a lot of hats on that table, and I think Joe Burrow could be invited to New York. Sure. I also believe uh, at this point of the year Justin Fields will be out there. Um, yes. there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys kind of making a name for themselves right now in college football. Um, Jalen hurts, uh, leading Oklahoma in both rushing and passing for, I think the third straight week, uh, his first drive was four carries, 99 yards, one touchdown. So not a bad day at the office, uh, for the transfer from Alabama. Justin Fields lighting up the scoreboard as well as Ohio State goes over Indiana 51-10. to uh, Brick, we're, we're not looking so good as far as that Ohio State versus Michigan game we were talking about, but there's a lot of football left. A lot of football left. Uh, another exciting one, Florida at Kentucky. Florida needed some late magic 
after the injury to Felipe Franks, he is out for the season with a broken leg. Hope all uh, goes well in his recovery. Kyle Trask came in, played decent enough for Florida to win. I think had over 100 yards uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, and Kentucky missed a field goal late. Then Florida put the icing on the cake with a touchdown. Uh, Brick, are you underwhelmed by Florida at all? Because I'm going to be honest with you. After the Miami game to start out the season and this game, winning both of those late, and then seeing the two programs that they had to win late against, I'm not exactly impressed with them right now. I've been underwhelmed by Florida since SEC media days, since the end of last season. I mean, I've, I think they're the worst top 10 team we've seen in some time, especially this far into the season. Um, I think they're going to keep winning, at least this week, because they got Tennessee. But um, Right. No, you know, Florida's, I, on a national scale, I, I wouldn't put them in a top 10 um, in a very underwhelming SEC East. Yeah, they're probably the second best team there. Uh, Kentucky had them on the ropes. They should have won that game. But, you know, live and learn for Kentucky. You know, they beat them. They ended the 31-year losing streak to them. And now hopefully it doesn't go another 30 years. Yeah. Uh you had the rest of the top 10 pretty much coast to easy victories, uh, though some of them have some tough tests next week. Pittsburgh at Pitt, what an absolute cluster this game was. No one wanted to win this game. Uh, our good friends over at the Shutdown Fullcast had a great, uh, great little bit about this game where they said it was like uh, sitting next to someone who's very talkative and chews with their mouth open on an airplane. That's <laughs> what this game is like for Penn State. You know, they don't want to be there. But if you're anybody other than Penn State and Pitt, this game is a ton of fun to watch, uh, just like it is watching someone in that situation on an airplane. Uh, this game, it was brutal. Kenny Pickett did light up the scoreboard with stats 35 for 51, but did not throw a touchdown pass, which is incredible to me. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, Sean Clifford for Penn State had 222 yards. Um, this game was just sloppy. It was just very sloppy. Journey Brown had 10 carries for 109 yards. Again, down seven late. Pick had first and goal at the one. Got stuffed three times. And I mean late. Less than a minute left in the game. They're down seven. It's fourth and goal. And they elect to kick a field goal. I I don't understand the logic. He Narduzzi said the, lo the logic was, well, we were going to have to score twice anyway to beat them. I, I mean, I guess I get that. If they were, what, they're down 10? They're, they're down 10, but there was like 51 seconds left. Yeah, I guess, I guess, no, if you're on the one-yard line, you go for the touchdown, because then all you have to do if, if you get the ball back is get to about the, you know, 35. So, yeah, I you, guess I do understand you go for the touchdown. Plus, you're pit. Read the room. You're one and one. You're in a top, you know, and I understand you're on the road, but it's a top 10 uh, top 15 team in the country. If you have a chance to upset them, go do it. It's the one. It's the one thing a coach can make a mistake in, where people aren't going to point fingers and say, "Oh, what an idiot! He went for it on fourth and goal." Yeah. You know, it's the same thing as going for two in overtime if you're a team on the road. I love it when teams do that. First overtime, you know what, boys, line up. Let's see if we can punch it in and go home with an upset. It's it's the same mentality. It was just stupid to kick the field goal. It lost them the game because I'm I'm not convinced that Penn State keeps them out of the end zone on that next play. It was just, it was asinine to me. I'll never understand that decision. Pitt continues to pit. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, James Franklin also not sold on, on James Franklin. Not one bit. Not one bit. It, it would take a lot. He'd have to upstate, uh, up, or upstate, upset a Wisconsin or a Michigan or an Ohio State this year to really 
turn the other cheek for me. He seems to do it once a year, though. I mean, I, maybe. I don't know what else there is out there currently that Penn State can get to improve on on their current coaching situation. They've, they, you know. I'm with the, you, though. I'm with you, though, on that decision. You've convinced me. The Stanford Cardinal got uh, mollywopped by the UCF Knights this week. 45-27. Uh, UCF putting up 28 in the first quarter. They were up 38-7 at halftime. You know, they did give up 20 points in the second half, but they had a lot of their twos in for a good chunk of that fourth quarter. They had 545 yards. Brick, are we about to get another year of conversations about how UCF's underappreciated and not making the playoff? 100%. It's it's here. I mean, it, it it's getting into a can you blame them situation, but you know, they they scheduled the they scheduled the early Power 5 game and they they got the win and sure Stanford's a little down right now, but a little down, buddy. This is the worst Stanford team we've seen in a decade. They're bad. Look, I'll call them out. They're bad. They At the same pass. time, all UCF can do is beat the teams on their schedule. You know, they... Right. Right. But, you know, that's a, that's a double-edged sword, right? Because all they can do is beat the teams on their schedule. All right, well, what's the rest of their schedule? Well, they're at Pitt, UConn, at Cincinnati, at Temple... Houston at home, at Tulsa, at Tulane, USF. What's the big win there? They can't the help next... their conference. I mean, what I'm no, saying no, no, is, no. what I'm saying is, yes, it's annoying in year one. Yes, it's 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 annoying in year two. But now we're on to year three, four of this. Yeah, I can't no, really, you're... you know, they're something's like working said, over there. Like you said, all they can do is beat the teams on their schedule. But if I'm the committee, and what we've seen in the past of the committee. That's their biggest game of the year, and it's going to go against a very bad Stanford team. And their schedule is, is is no less, you know, unimpressive than than what Clemson's going to put together at the end of this year. Minus minus A and M. I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is, yeah. The, the well, longer I, they do this, the more we 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 do have to start listening. We we, we hated we, we hated them on this podcast the last two years. But if they're yeah, well, and and what I said was. All they've got to do is just go undefeated the next year and maybe the year after. And that, that's like, a like oh, is that all you said, Patrick? But, like, no, that's all you've got to do. All I said was you just got to go undefeated and you've got to consistently stay undefeated and you'll get an invited. And what, now they've done that. And I think, you know, we'll see where the season goes and how they play against the rest of their opponents. But if there's, you know, two one-loss, you know, or two, yeah, one-loss teams, a bunch of two-loss teams, an undefeated team and UCF, and they're undefeated. You've got to put them in. See, I don't think there's a prayer that they get in, and that's not what I'm saying. I don't think they have a prayer. I really don't. I think they can still go undefeated this year. I think I, you know, with what you just said about their schedule, I don't think they would get in. What the, the longer they do this, they're really the champions of the 18 playoff. The people that are screaming yes. for the 18 playoff, they are they are the champions of that. They are the ones that are really leading that discussion. And, and the longer this goes, the more you have to listen to them because eventually down the road we're going to look back and look at this UCF team. If they, keep, if they go undefeated a third year in a row, we, we'll have no choice but to look back and go, well, shoot, what if we did let them in one of those playoffs? Yeah. No, they, they, easily, they easily, I think this year if they go undefeated, deserve to be there. But I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be I there. I don't think they have a prayer. But again, here's what you do. Everybody in Power 5, you play two non-conference Power 5 games. You play 10 conference games. This is what Saban's always preached. You then expand the playoff to eight teams. You have your five conference champions from the Power 5. You have two at-larges, and you get the group of five champion. 
Sure. I and mean, if, if, if teams even want to schedule UCF, I wouldn't want to schedule UCF. I No, and, but with this way, if we have a group of five champion, no one has to schedule UCF. Right. Right? Because they've got the best record in the group of five. And then if you want to form another group of five committee to select the team that gets elected to routinely get beat the first round of the playoffs against the one seed, and I'm not saying UCF would do that. I'm just saying once this kind of tapers off for UCF, you know, that next team, that's, you know, it's going to be kind of a down year. A 9-3 and three Houston team that just gets waxed by Clemson isn't going to be fun for anybody, but that's the most fair way to do this, I think. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, Arizona State wins in another game where no one wanted to win against Michigan State. Brick, are you buying or selling the Sun Devils? I'll never, you know. Of course I have to buy the Sun Devils because of their head coach. But not no, there's I don't know if there's anything to buy there. I, you know, Michigan State's not a good team this year. They haven't been a good team in a few years. Um, and I, I I don't remember who they're playing, but I believe I'm predicting them to lose, I think, to Colorado. Uh yeah, potentially. Potentially. Uh Pac twelve now has six ranked teams in the AP top twenty five, by the way. El Asico, the game between Iowa and Iowa State. Uh Ended in the weirdest thing I have ever seen, uh, and it was definitely one for the ages as Iowa takes it 18-17. to 17. Iowa punted the ball with about 45 seconds left. Iowa State, had they fair caught it, would have gotten it about the 25, and they were trying to fair catch it, but one of their gunners absolutely trucked his own receiver, the own, his own return man, Iowa recovered the ball, nailed the clock out, and that was it. Bummer. <laughs> That's all I can say. That's a bummer. They finally, bummer. Got, they finally got game day. They had a shot to win it at the end of the game. They had multiple shots during that game to score more points. and Just couldn't get it done. Which Just couldn't do. get it done. Uh, Temple beats Maryland. No idea what happened there. I thought Maryland would win in a landslide in that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, this has been one of my worst years of predicting college football no, that I've had in a while because, you know, we – we watch and we, we I guess we overreact to, to what Maryland did. And then we thought, okay, Maryland's actually quite good. And then they go out and they lay an egg against Temple. I know these 11 a.m. games are weird, but I, I, yeah. I don't even know what to tell you. I'm doing horrible this year on my sure about last Two games I was sure about last week was Maryland over Temple and NC State over West Virginia. And neither of those happened for me. So maybe, maybe don't listen to me when it comes to predicting games. Uh, BYU upsetting USC in overtime. Um, Keaton Slovis had another big game for 281 yards. But alas, it was not enough. The Storm and Mormons take it in Provo and brick your Urban Meyer to the USC Trojans looks better and better every week, buddy. Well, now it's just starting. You know, they, they actually hadn't lost going into this game. And I'd like to sit here and go, all right, here we go. I think this they, is the beginning of that slide, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Virginia getting a 31-24 win over Florida State. Uh, Tennessee finally getting a, uh, a, a nice one in the W column against Chattanooga. Uh, Virginia Tech needing a late touchdown to beat Furman. Ooh, it almost happened two years in a row to those boys. Because Old Dominion uh, last year and then uh, Furman, that, Furman almost pulled this off too. Yeah. Uh, and Speaking then, of, the Citadel did pull it off against Georgia that's Tech. That's exactly what I was about to say. Georgia Tech losing to the Citadel. I cannot express to you how hard I laughed when I realized that a triple option team had beaten Georgia Tech at home. Hey, this is the same Citadel program that took Alabama to a 10-10 score at halftime last year. Yeah, they got waxed, but yeah. 
I'm just saying. Don't forget, right. these, these dudes can play. These dudes can play. Hey, what's better than this? Oh, gotta. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. <clears throat> yes, sir. Oh, I was. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't apparently, I can't hear the soundboard anymore. So that's oh, good. It's gone. I played it for you. Okay. Right, well, thank you for doing that. Hey, Brick, do you think that we should uh, we should do anything with sweethearts today? Uh, mm, um, I'm not going to, so quit asking. I don't think so, no. I, I heard that one. All right, let's move on to week four then. Do you have anything else to say about week three? Uh, week three was uh, altogether more exciting than it needed to be. It had any business being, which is what college football, it's what, part of what makes it great. We thought it was going to be a boring week, and there were some really good games in there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. No, that's that's about it. That's all I got to say about that. Um, week, sorry, week three. Now we're on to week four. Um, on to week four. Couple couple more good games on the schedule uh, on paper than there were last week for sure. Yeah, Houston kicks off at Tulane in about forty five minutes. I'm going to take Tulane there. I, I would like to see Tulane win it. This game's in New Orleans. Pat McAfee will be a part of the call. Friend of the podcast. Uh, tomorrow night though, got a, a a doozy of a game. A couple doozies actually. You got Utah at USC. Brick, who are you taking? Uh, do you have the Utes, who are number 10 in the country, top 10 team, or are you taking UCA, USC to bounce back at home? Utes big time in this one. USC yeah. still licking their wounds from losing in overtime. This is a Friday game. They had a short week to prepare. Utah, I'm taking them big. I'll take Utah big in this one, too. Air Force undefeated at number 20, Boise State. Brick, who you got in that one? Give me, uh, give me the Broncos. Okay, I like it. I like it. They've really, you know, we were impressed with them after the Florida State game before we realized how terrible Florida State is. And then, honestly, Air Force had a big win last week, correct? who they beat? I believe they beat Colorado. You, you may be right. I've already closed last week's uh, window. <laughs> uh, let's see right quick. Let me pull up last week. He'll control F that bad boy. Oh, I'm going to. As soon as my computer starts working. Yeah, Colorado. Beat Colorado in overtime. That's correct. And I'm That's, picking Colorado yeah. to win this week, so there we go. There you go. Don't listen to us. Uh, all right, now we'll move on to Saturday. Your top uh, top 10 teams really aren't playing anybody, especially Florida. All they're playing is Tennessee. Uh, but you've got Michigan at Wisconsin, 11 versus 13. The Nooner in the Fox game. Uh, Brick, who you got over at Camp Randall Stadium? I think this is where it, uh, the, the luck runs out for Michigan. I think Wisconsin wins this one. I, I just I can't get on board with the way Michigan's been playing. This game's not at Michigan. It's an 11 a.m. game. Michigan's been sleepwalking through those so far this season. Um, I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Wisconsin behind a, a lot of yards this week from Jonathan Taylor, and uh, this is where Mich- this is where a lot of questions about uh, Harbaugh really start to arise. All right, I'm gonna take I am gonna take uh, old khakis. Here. I'll take khakis here um, and a close game, but they've had a week off. They've had a week to prepare, kind of examine what happened at the beginning of the season. I'll take Michigan here, but won't be surprised if they lose it. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, going on down the list again, you don't have a ton of games. You've got Auburn at Texas A&M. That's a three thirty CBS game break. Do you think that Mr. Bo Nix can take down Kellen Mond and the Aggies? I do. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to fly out there to get ready for this game. Um, yes, I believe this is just such a weird series where um, the road team 
always outplays the home team. Even last year, even even Auburn put together like a weird two minutes to win it. But other than that, the road team has won every year since Texas A&M joined the SEC. That's a stat. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Um, but Auburn sort of discovered their run game last week. I'm not a fan of you know what I saw from A&M against Clemson, but uh, then I can't look too much into what they did against Lamar last week. I don't know. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be a close game, um, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of points initially. I think this game's going to start slow, finish fast, but I, I, I'll take Auburn with a late touchdown. Uh, yeah, I'll take Auburn as well, unfortunately, but uh, Kellen Mond just – even in his game last week, he didn't look like the Kellen Mond at the start of the season. Uh, just a really brutal game. Brick, one team I'm putting on upset watch this week. I've got App State at North Carolina. I'm not saying it's upset warning. No reason to get in the in the basement and cover your head with pillows just yet. But I do think App State could give the Tar Heels some trouble this weekend. We've that's been a common theme. Uh, picking Notre or sorry North Carolina to be you know, in that upset realm on this podcast. I think I did that a couple weeks ago or maybe last week. Um, I like that pick. I had one on there that I was going to mention since we're talking upset. Oh, uh, Texas. I'm, I'm looking at Texas yes. against Oklahoma yep. State. Oklahoma State, I think, has either the nation or the conference's leading receiver and running back. Uh, that is the nation's. The nation's uh, leading receiver and running back. I'm not saying that he's going to go out, both those guys will go do against Texas what they've done all season, but... Um, I, I, I think this game's going to be close. This is one where I'll barely pick Texas, but it, I won't be surprised if this is a second loss on their season. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard uh, out, at, out at Oklahoma State has 520 yards rushing already this season. Uh, seven touchdowns. He's averaging uh, a little under eight yards a carry brick. Um, he, he looks really strong. And then you've got Tylen Wallace too. He has 390 yards on the year so far. He has six touchdowns on the season. Um, looking like an Alabama receiver and yeah, Texas better watch out. Uh, cause this, this game could sneak up and get them and they, you know, they get them at home. It is a night game, which always helps, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma, Oklahoma state gives Texas a little bit of a scare. Uh, so we'll, we'll put both of those teams on upset watch, right? How, Not how upset does, warning. By the way, how does, um, how does Oklahoma State always do that? They've they've always got that that one receiver that you know whether it's Des Bryant or James Washington or James Blackman, they always have like that dominant. Like every other year, they've got a dude out there that's that's just and now it's Tylen Wallace. I don't. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, I think part of it is Mike Gundy's offense. He's a man. He's forty. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's he knows what he's doing. He's got a mullet. Wait, you're you're gonna mess with a guy with a mullet? No, of course you're not. He'll kill you. Why would you do that? Why would you ever do that? Uh, all right, Brick. Last game we're going to talk about um, this week, Notre Dame at Georgia. One of my favorite things is every time you talk to a Notre Dame fan or even some of the coaches, they always say, oh, well, guys aren't ready for the cold when they get up here. They, 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 don't, they don't like the cold when they get up here. All right, well, how about this? In Athens, there is a 97% humidity on Saturday. Have you ever been to Athens, Georgia with that much humidity? Woof. It's hot. It's yeah. real hot. It's real hot, and it's going to be sticky. The game is at night, which is going to be nice, but that's also going to make it feel like more of a swamp. Uh, I'm taking Georgia here by two touchdowns, buddy. Oh, I'm going by more than two touchdowns. I was telling somebody this uh, today that if if Georgia doesn't come out and stomp Notre Dame, I think it says more about Georgia than it does Notre Dame in this game. I, I just dogs. 
I think Georgia is is a full on. You know, when they met a couple years ago, um, Georgia was still figuring themselves out. Georgia went to the national championship, and I think they won this game by like one. I think it was like twenty one twenty, but. That was Jake Fromm's first start. They were on the road, even though it was sort of a home game because so many Georgia fans invaded that stadium. But this, there, there won't be a blue shirt in the stadium. Georgia's rolling. This isn't the same Georgia team they faced two years ago, and this is not the same Notre Dame team that, that I even think was there at the end of last season. I think Georgia wins this one by three scores, maybe even three touchdowns or more. But if they come out there and they they look flat then i think that again i think that says more about the way georgia's playing right now than notre dame because I, I i don't know what the line is but it shouldn't be close yeah i agree with you i agree with you uh last game uh of the night your pac 12 after the after dark night cap will be colorado at arizona state and if you think it's hot in georgia you just wait till you talk to those sun devils my friend herm edwards getting the boys ready to go I'm six thinking- pac 12 teams are ranked in the top 25 what what year is this? See, that's crazy because again, I don't, I don't think the Pac-12 makes the playoff. Like I, I at this point, I feel like their chances have already dried up, other than maybe Utah, and like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, as a, I guess as a whole, as a conference, are playing well. Washington State, you know, throwing for a ton of yards. Arizona, I don't think we'll have six teams ranked at the end of this week. I'll put it that way. Okay, yeah, because you've got Washington and Washington State. Um, obviously Washington State's playing UCLA, so it may as well be a bye week. But, you know, Washington and Washington State um, are both ranked. Uh, Washington could lose this one this week. Um, Washington going up against a very tough BYU team out in Provo. Um, you've, you've also got Oregon ranked after their first game. They've seen to really turn it around. Um, you've got Cal, who's also ranked. They've got a game at Ole Miss. Um, so again, you've got that humidity factor, but you know, the PAC 12, nothing to turn your nose up against right now, but I agree with you. And then obviously Utah, um, playing on that Friday night game. Uh, but I agree with you. I don't, you know, I don't know if a PAC 12 team makes it in the playoff. And I said, Hey, I said episode one, uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised if Utah at least made some rumblings in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I think that they're one of the last great hopes. I mean, I guess enough teams could. It just it feels like the Pac-12 needs to have an undefeated team to get into this playoff. I guess that might not be the case, but with you know, if any team's going to get two in this year, it looks like it's probably going to be the SEC because of Alabama and Georgia. Um, that's about it. That yeah. is about it. I mean, I have a hard time believing that a one-loss team from the Pac-12 is going to get in because it looks like there will be a one-loss team from the SEC that makes a stronger statement, but. That's a long way to go. We don't really talk playoff or Heisman race yet. It's still only week four, so there we are. That's it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We've had a lot of fun doing this podcast over the years. Year five, buddy. Year five with my best friend in the whole world. Can you even believe it? I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And honestly, we're never going to stop.